Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. The Jamoti Podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high-quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. Coach, I'm going to bring up the the buzzword culture, and uh, but standards, pillars, ways you show up. How does culture drive performance? Uh, number one thing, I think the, I think at its core, your team is going to take on the personality of their coach for better or for worse. And, uh, because I feel like a blue collar guy, you know, the saying around our locker room is tough gets on the bus. You can only, you can't control, you can't control whether shots are going to go in all the time. You can't control officiating, but what you can control is the 50, 50 balls and playing with a chip on your shoulder. So the, the culture that we try to build is that blue collar. I always tell people when they ask me how is coaching basketball, it's, it's, and it's very different now because I feel like I'm coaching in 1988 and they're playing in 2023. So, uh, you know, we want to be a culture of tough and we want to be we want to be gritty. We want to be able to expect adversity and not be shocked when it happens. I like that. And. Go ahead. The number one pillar is don't panic. Like bad things are going to happen and we shouldn't panic and we shouldn't rely on emotion to get us through. Now, if we have emotion because we're fired up and we can control it, great. But remote, or, you know, emotion is very unreliable and it can be a roller coaster. And if you get down too far in a valley, you may not be able to get back up the hill. Mm-hmm. So we are not a per, we're not a program that wants to necessarily rely on that emotion. If we do get it and we can channel it properly, great, but that is not something we want to rely on. And I think emotion causes panic. So the, you hear me say a lot of times, don't panic. I have a set number. If we're down by this number going in the fourth quarter, we're fine. Like, and I repeat it over and over and over. And we've been in those situations uh, at our seeding game against Hebron this year. We were down, I think, nine. And I've got my big man. Hey, guys, it's three possessions. We're fine. Get a stop. Yeah. Get a kill. Yeah. You know, we call three stops in a row, three conversions to kill. Get a kill. I get toughness. And then, but you're right. You know, when emotion comes into it, obviously you don't want your players to be robots in the fact that they they don't allow positive emotion in. But sometimes that negative emotion can even take you if it's focused and channeled, can take you to another place, another effort level, another level of focus. But how do you actually get them there? Like, how do you work on it? I think it's by showing up and having a consistent personality. Like, we know this is going to make Martin upset. He was very upfront with the do's and don'ts of what we're trying to do daily. We know this is going to make him upset. Uh, We know he's probably going to let you make it if you do this. And then we know that he's going to celebrate this. So I think it's, you know, like I said, your players are going to take on your personality. If you have a consistent personality and 
they know what to expect. I think it's easier to channel emotion because now we're not afraid of the result of our action. You know, if it's fourth quarter, we're down a possession. We come down and we take a long three. We understand we have proof that Coach Martin isn't going to call a timeout and lose it on me. He's just going to ask me to get it back, and I'm going to work my tail off to get it back for him. Yeah, you're you're right on the money. What you're talking about is clear expectations. Like mm-hmm. because you've set those expectations up, players know exactly. Like anytime that we, I feel like, see something that our teams aren't doing well or areas where we need to improve, instead of wondering why, like why, or even just yelling out one line of guys, listen, we have to control our emotions better. Well, you always have to turn that around. You know, it's that extreme ownership and you got to look back at yourself like maybe my team's not handling their emotions well because I don't do that. Or and you're like the expectations aren't clearly defined. And so I'm just they're just guessing the way that they need to feel. So I think yeah. I think you're right on the money with that. So uh, my point guard that I was talking about earlier, uh, we were talking the other day and uh, we were just talking about the other and down to the season. I said, what is the maddest I made you during the season? And we played Plano East. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a close game. And a couple in the fourth quarter, a couple of my sets got broke off. And there were some situations where guys were playing in a different spot that they weren't normally used to, but the expectation is for you to know that spot, know all spots. And, uh, and so that was kind of uh, well, he doesn't know this. He doesn't know that. And there was a lot of infighting. I said, that's okay. We're going to be fine. We're going to finish out the game. We end up losing. We came back and uh, we ran continuity offense for 90 minutes without scores continuously. And he was like, coach, that was the that maddest, was maddest I've ever been <laughs> because you had me out here running. And, and you know this set. This is crazy because I know you ran this set. Do you remember Houston? That it's out of a one-four high set, pass to the wing, back screen from the opposite elbow, uh, down screen from the wing for the guy who goes off the uh, back screen from the elbow. Mm. You you would know it if you've seen it. It's a Coach Thomas special that okay. I'm going to run and I'm going to keep running. Nice. But it's continuity. And uh, after about four quarters of running that without taking a shot and just going, and you better keep the same pace. you got to get through your cuts. you got to get through your screen. They were pretty upset with me. And guess what? Like magic, the next time we that following Friday when we were a game and we called it, we ran it to perfection. So, you know, it was very uh it's probably overkill on it, but it was the expectation I had. We didn't meet the expectation. And there's gonna be there's gonna be some sort of consequence. I don't think it's always I don't think I honestly don't think putting guys on the line and just running them. Yeah, is the healthiest way to do things because your body can be in motion and your brain can be checked out. Yeah, and you can just be you can be running and not learning your lesson from it, and then you have those elite guys that were you can run them for two hours. It doesn't matter; yeah. they're fine. So, and then you got the guys in the back that struggle and aren't going to make times, so that can cause some infighting and some frustration. So, I uh, I definitely do, I definitely do. Uh, you know, try to find other ways to do this. I'll tell you a quick story. When I first got here, they had upset me because, you know, I wanted fast paced. I wanted aggressive practice. And uh, 
they just weren't practicing at the pace I wanted. So I said, okay, that's fine. The next day they come out, I have cones set up. I have about four different stations and I just take them through camp games for about an hour. And at first it was fun. They were doing relay races. They were smiling. And those older guys start looking around and they're like, wait, funny. Like he's calling us a bunch of kids. And so we do that for about an hour. We're playing knockout. We're playing X out layups. We're playing hot shot. And I'm not letting them shoot threes. They're shooting from the kitty lines. And finally, they figured it out. And their egos were bruised a little bit that I would take time to do that. And I said, guys, if you're going to play and act like children, I'm going to treat you like children. If you want to play real basketball with a real goal, then let's get after it. But if you want to participate in reindeer games, that's fine with me. <laughs> I would have it would have been fun to be an assistant uh right there like, and it like if I didn't really know what was going on let's just say because I have a lot of part-time guys so a lot, a lot of times I, I'm the only one there full-time I set things up they just kind of come and, and they they do some of the things and that would be interesting um hey I love the you made a great point and I want I wanted to go back to it about running uh so there's three ways that people learn uh, they, people can hear it. Uh, some people need to see it and others need to do it. Like, like those are the three ways, in my opinion, running, just get on the line and go accomplishes none of those three. Yeah. So like, sure, if you're actually talking about them improving a skill, it, we're not, we're not talking about effort. We're not talking about discipline, improving a skill, like a continuity, like any, anything, defensively blocking out any skill hear it see it do it and to think that they are going to magically get it now you're talking about focus you know you're again talking about discipline overall effort maybe maybe running as a punishment will get them there but that's extrinsic like it's outside of them but I think mm-hmm. the goal for us is to get them intrinsically excited and motivated to do what we're asking them to do. And I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how much running gets you there in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I think there's always a time for it, sure. uh, but I, I think you're right. You know, you run a kid for 20 minutes and in 19 minutes, he's forgot what he was running for. He's just doing it. You know, you go out and you run, the set you run you know continuity sets for 90 minutes without a score like they're going to remember something out of it if nothing else they're going to remember to screen down and open up so yeah and you just got to ask like okay what where are we really struggling with in basketball right now what parts of the game are are taking us away from winning and we spend more time on that again if it's effort if it's discipline if it's focus to me that may go back to your culture and some mm. of the things that you did or did not do early on in the fall when you're starting out. Um, I tell you this, man, grades are a big thing. I, I'm not a grade chaser. I'm a uh I'm a guy that if your teacher emails me, like, come on, man, you guys want to be 17, 18 year old grown men all the time. It's time to be a grown man in the classroom. So one of the ways we set that culture getting here uh is on Wednesday, my assistant pulls the grade report. And if you're failing, you have a set of consequences. If you have any zeros, you have a set of consequences. And uh, guys that are failing, they, you know, that consequence is independent. 
zeros add together as a program and we all pay for those. So at first there was a lot of belly aching and whining and like, coach, I don't even have any zeros. They don't, you know, they've got like four zeros. Why am I having a run? And you know what that developed into? That developed into teammates checking in on other teammates, making sure, hey, did you get that algebra turned in? Did you get that, uh, you know, whatever in English turned in? Did you get that lab done? And it also, because, you know, it's kind of like if you have a zero and you didn't turn it in, in three weeks, if that zero is still in the grade book, you're still running for that. Everybody. So it's got our guys checking in with their yeah. teachers, making sure they get late work in, making sure they're on top of their stuff. And what started out as them being upset with me about it turned into accountability. And I thought that was a big turning point for how we want to function as a culture. Because I think player-led accountability is the most important accountability. No doubt. That coach, that's really good. I, I don't think I've heard that done with grades before. Um, I wish I would have known of that system when I was at McKinney. Uh, <laughs> and But you know, what you're talking about is collective responsibility. I mean, it's one of Coach mm-hmm. K's pillars. And I think sometimes because we want to come in and either do the discipline or fix the problem, we don't enable our guys or give them opportunities to demonstrate collective responsibility and that policy for grades man you're just you're basically like okay you you all can be upset and continue to run for johnny or you can band together with johnny and have that accountability that takes them where you want them to go man i love that man it it is crazy to see the growth in that direction uh i have lunch duty i used to have it in the upstar uh upstairs part of the arena we let our kids go in there because we have a block lunch and you know one of my players i didn't see him for a couple of days i'm like where's this guy at and they're like coach he's at tutoring during block lunch because he doesn't want zeros anymore like we told him no more zeros there it is it's been great man it really has thank you for checking out today's episode please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast Share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.